welcome to this week's NL Full Time. I nearly said celebrity special, semi final special. Well, you can tell we've the can tell we're on the beer anyway. Uh, we're, we're, we're celebrating and toasting um, the semi finals taking a place and what a day it has been. Uh, we're going to try and dissect it all over the next hour or so, hopefully, maybe a bit less. And, and joining me as always is Rob and Dickie. Hi, guys. Hi, Luke. Hi, Dickie. Now, I've been at Harrogate today against Boreham Wood, but it's been like Toka Saturday on the WhatsApp. You've had people going, what's happening in the other game? And then a really detailed uh, detailed explanation in, in, in word form. So it, it's been quite enjoyable. But, I mean, before we obviously talk about the games, it's been, been a fantastic entertainment, and it by the sounds of it. I've only seen one game, but you guys have been enthralled by it, haven't you? Yeah, I think probably the game in the national, the second game in the National League North, takes top honours when we get to that. Um, Dickie will know that earlier on today, whilst I was watching the South game at that time, I kept nipping over because fortunately the way it works these days, you get the notifications on live score, maybe about a minute before you'd see it on the live stream. So you can actually hop over just before each goal, can't you, Dickie? <laughs> you can. Oh, that's a bit of a cheat there, Rob, you've given, haven't you? <laughs> well, I didn't want to spoil things for Dickie in case he looked at his WhatsApp group before and he didn't have the notifications on. So my code word was, keep your eyes peeled, Dickie. And he knew, <laughs> he knew there was another goal coming, didn't he? Well, the, the fact that you were just saying it so often during that game was, uh, yeah, slightly perturbing. But yeah, a really entertaining game. We'll, we'll get to that one shortly, I'm sure. Brilliant. Well, I, uh, as I say, I went along to the first kick-off of the day, which is Harrogate against Boreham Wood. So here we are at Harrogate, semi-final time. Now I came on the opening day of the season, which is almost 12 months ago. And the grass, fair to say the ground's changed a lot. There's where the media box is normally in that small stand, it's been replaced with a, a much bigger stand with seats in it. Teams are just warming up now, got in, got all the checks. And uh, one of these teams are one game from Wembley. So the new normal here now is um, you get your team sheet. Uh, emailed over to you, which is very good indeed. Bournemouth would have just made one change. Nathan Ashmore has come back in goal, as as Rob predicted. So well done to him. And uh, Harrogate, they've got new signing Aaron Martin. He's not yet played a game for a club. He, he signed just before lockdown. I think he was due to make his debut against Solihull. And then he went into lockdown. So he makes his debut. And he starts up front in place of, of John Stead. So I'll be interested to see how he does. Here come the two teams, obviously out of separate dressing rooms. <laughs> they walked out onto the pitch, the sprinklers are still going, so they just walked into a shower full of water. Let's see, yeah, Bournemouth are out first and just going through the warm-up, and now Harrogate coming out the other side of the stand, and they're just uh, walking out as well. Really looking forward to this game. We just spoke last week, two really good sides. You'd like to get the ball down as well on this... 3G surface many people feel that Harrogate were denied the chance to take Barrow all the way so they're many people's favourites for the playoffs but as we mentioned last week Bourne would have had an extra game and eight days to prepare so be interesting Luke Garrard's just walking in front of me in a nice crisp shirt and uh, dark trousers shoes Simon Lever in his uh, in his tracksuit as normal and uh, we're ready to go Nil-nil at half-time here, and it's fair to say Harrogate have been the better side. They've had three really good chances. Nathan National has been Bournemouth's best player so far in this game. He's made 
uh, three billing saves, probably the pick of the ones from Aaron Martin actually when he uh, flicked it near post he reacted really quickly Ashmore to tip it over the bar Boreham would have come back into it last 10 minutes of the half they've gone 4-4-2 matched up Harrogate and they've had a couple of chances without really testing James Belshaw at Harrogate is certainly in the hot seat. Will they come to rue those missed chances? I'm here with, uh, well, we get a lot of the info from him on Twitter. It's uh, it's Tom Feeney. Hiya, Tom. How we doing? But at the minute, uh, Harrogate have been, they've done everything but score, haven't they? I mean, they came out of the blocks first out of half an hour. Like, they haven't played for three months, haven't they? Yeah, I think, I think you've got to say that Nathan Ashmore is so far, you'd say, Boreham best player by quite some distance. And the likes of George Thompson and Jack Diamond have really impressed him. It's really interesting to see Aaron Martin play because mm. the last game I saw him play, he was playing for guys, yeah. and then obviously that transfer was done, and then lockdown happened. So it's been quite a while for him, but I can't believe Harrogate aren't ahead right now. I was going to ask you about Aaron Martin actually. I mean, first sort of 15 minutes, he looked a little rusty, but obviously step up in level, hadn't played for a while. I mean, for me, he probably should have scored because he missed his kick on the six yard line, didn't he? And he should have buried it, I think. But uh, he's got into the game as it's gone on, has it? I mean, you've seen him up close and, and personal. I think it might have been you who, who put the stats and he scored, was it 23 goals, but no assists as well? Well, he's a player that I've always enjoyed watching him play when he was at Brighouse. He's, he's one of those players that it, during a game you might afterwards think, well, what did he do? And then you look and go, all oh, right, he scored twice. You know, he's, he's one of those players. and I think you're right, he's grown into it. The first 15, I thought, it just, it just maybe it's a case of, you know, remember, he's not actually played a competitive game here yet, and maybe he wasn't judging the, the runs that people were doing, but the last half hour, I think, feel like he's really grown into it, and hopefully, again, I've got my Yorkshire hat on, hopefully he'll be able to get a goal in the second half. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, I saw a... Uh... I think I saw a tweet before someone saying it could be a um, Yeovil barn at this. You know, Harrogate hopefully won't come to read the chances, will they? But from their point of view anyway, Boreham Wood will be happy that they're stuck in there, won't they? Yeah, and the way that the Halifax game went against Boreham Wood, I thought Halifax were by far the better team for the first half and then Boreham Wood grew into it and in the end were able to get that win. And I wonder if that's something Simon Weaver will have talked about during half-time because... Boreham would they have that chance just at the end Tyrone Marsh just firing over so they've certainly got the players to have that impact the likes of Matt Reid you know, with 10-15 to go if they do get a lead he's very good at holding it up and getting physical so it'll be a very interesting second half and let's see what happens Yeah well it's I mean, social distance chat I mean new, new normal this now Tom we both all thumb masking as we're speaking and then putting our mask back on again it, it's, it's very weird isn't it Ah, it's, it's really I'm talking now with the mask fully on and it's so weird because like this is the new normal you know for, for whatever time so we've got this will be the new normal so yeah it's interesting but it's really good just to be back seeing again the football in person I'm sick of watching it on TV <laughs> opening goal of the game the second half it, it, it was a slow burn the first 10 minutes Bournemouth had two really good chances just before Harry scored like Tyrell Marsh had full save out of Belshaw and then Matt Reed headed one towards goal which Connor Hall didn't really clear off the line that well and Marsh ended up bundling the rebound wide but Harry just scored from a corner headed up corner headed on by Will Smith and touched the line in the end by Jack Muldoon yes! there is a final whistle Harrogate do go to Wembley probably well, not probably about it. Definitely deserved the way the game has gone. Simon Weaver's uh, walking there, both arms aloft. Bournemouth plays slumped to the floor. Harrogate 
players celebrate and uh, they won 1-0 through Jack Muldoon's second half goal first half they were absolutely dominant, dominant. Bournemouth came into it in the second half but it's Harrogate who, uh, who reached the final Luke uh, 1-0 in the semi-final wasn't quite to be in the end was it? Nah it could have been fours and fives I've got to be honest I'm, I'm, a, I'm an honest manager I honestly believe that I say it how I see it I don't think we were at the races I felt we carried too many passengers um and you can't do that in a semi-final. You need to make sure you're at the races and you're on blob, and I don't think we did that today. Yeah, first half, you were really hanging on, weren't you? Your goalkeeper kept you in it, didn't it? And uh, you had to change formation halfway through, didn't you? No, we did, and I felt we stemmed them. I felt that we got back on top, and I thought with eight to ten minutes of the first half, I felt that we were a team that had the ascendancy. Then we come out, and I thought, that, again, we locked them in. We got into their half, and... They, they get the goal and it, it changes the reflection of the game and they have something to hold on to they're a little bit deeper the spaces in behind are limited and look you have no qualms from me I think they had about 10 to 15 corners yeah. so it shows where the game was played and I've heard from two or three media teams saying about Ashmore was um, man of the match spot on shows again the reflection of where the game's at It's been a great season for you though hasn't it whatever's happened um I think you were one, one defeat in 18, I think, before the season stopped. So it wasn't quite to be, but encouragement for you going forward now? No, of course. Listen, on reflection right now, I'm livid and gutted mm. because we had uh, aspirations of getting in the EFL and wanting to give ourselves the best opportunity. The fact that we haven't, the fact that we, we, we went out on a whimper, because I don't think we played to the levels, I don't think we worked hard, I don't think we were yeah, like at the races and... I'll probably reflect now in the next week or so. There's going to be highs and lows and I may have to take a step back in terms of just to have a look at what actually happened this year considering we was in a relegation battle the year before mm. um, to go and finish fifth. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great, obviously, achievement to be two years in the playoffs in the last three years. But, look, the aspiration was always to get into the league. The aspiration was always to get to... Wembley and right some wrongs and we don't have that luxury so for me it's an organisation in terms of um, ensuring that we, we get the recruitment right this year uh, we've got 10 or 11 in the building that's currently signed contracts and we need to add to that come the next 2-3 weeks to ensure that we're, we're having another go come September whenever the league was to start I was going to say quick turnaround as well isn't it now normally you have a, at least a month and a half to reflect but you've probably got what 2 weeks yeah, I've got to look at the programme in terms of how we're going to set up. There's rumours that September the 12th, September the 19th is the National League's going to start. So I'll work backwards now. We've got a few bits into the lads. I don't want to kill them. I don't want them to blow out come November, December time. So, yeah, the reflection period. I'm normally thinking about going on holiday in this period. It's lovely. You go and have <laughs> six to eight weeks where you can have a couple of t- bit of time with your family, but not to be. Get back on the grid, working hard to ensure that we uh, come back fighting. Understanding misses at least now. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, Luke. Pleasure nice one. Man. I'm here with Victoria Simon. Simon Weaver, he's, uh, he's got his beer with him. He's earned, you've earned that today, Simon. I thought that first half, you were out the block so quickly. It was like three and a half months of frustration just on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the lads uh, played with such conviction and, and style. And it was blowing my brain away that... Uh, we were so good, but we, we didn't score. And they're the types of games where you could be forgiven for getting a bit edgy because mm. you, you need something to show for it. Well, um, look at last week, I suppose, the Oval Barn. Was that in your head as well? Um, yeah, and, and also the Halifax were very good mm. first, first uh, half last week. Um, 
and they probably needed that second goal to really drive it home. But I thought the lads were relentless throughout with their efforts, whether it was winding, tracking back and yeah. doubling up, or the two centre-halves were brilliant. To a man, they excelled, and I, I, I couldn't have asked any more. Yeah, I mean... I... How does it feel now it's slowly sinking in? I know this is probably about your fifth interview since full-time, but, I mean, yeah, what is the overriding emotion? Is it just prou- proudness now, knowing that you're going to walk that team out of Wembley? Oh, yeah. It'll be special. I could have had a look behind me at mum and dad and Sally, my wife, yeah, you know, when we, when we, today, when we walked out, when we scored. So just keep repressing it, keep... Keep yeah. swallowing it, you know, and, and make sure you try and keep on an even keel. But I know how much it means to them, and uh, not just them, but the supporters out there. So we've just got to keep uh, keep at it this week and, um, and keep trying to polish it, you know, and get better. And then next week um, we step out at Wembley, and it's a great occasion to be involved with. And training-wise, normal week, is it, training-wise? Um, well, we've got Monday off, mm-hmm. so it can... Relax tomorrow, relax Monday, and then come back in. And we'll gradually, you know, um, head towards the weekend and prepare and do our homework on the winners of the other semi final. Mm-hmm. It's just great to be still in it. You can see the progression. You've made so much progression, aren't you, as a club? Look at the, the main stand opposite now. I mean, I came the opening day of the season and completely different now. Brilliant main standing there. You've got the cardboard cutouts, and the ground's looking so good now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it's. Um, so I've been given an opportunity, you know, and we've got stability at the club, and stability is in that opportunity has just made it so, you know, we've got a chance to to build something and and try and build a culture full of people that drive it forwards. Um, so I'm very grateful for for the patience shown. It's a unique situation with my dad, but I just want to pay him back by having some success with the club. And finally, bittersweet, really, no fans here to celebrate it. I suppose that's the only sort of downside, isn't it? Yeah, that's what that's what uh, gets you sad, you know, mm. that, that side of it, because they, they deserve to be here, they've been part of it as much as anyone, and been the 12th man. And But I did, as soon as Jack Muldoon scored, I thought, town, somewhere in town, we've mm. got, I know we've got yeah. 65 supporters in one venue. I just visualised them celebrating, that's what it's all about. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, well, best of luck at Wembley next week, Simon. Uh, so, Harrogate do end up going to Wembley. And uh, just before we came on air and recorded a podcast, we caught up with the Harrogate central defender and St. Neot's favourite son behind Rob, uh, Connor Hall. <laughs> so, yeah, how you doing, mate? How you feeling? Yeah, so it's been a, been a couple of hours now after the game. So, uh, sort of chilled out a little bit. Um Reflecting on it, just over the moon with with all the lads, uh, the management staff, everybody. Like just for weeks leading up to it, we've just put every everything into it. Everything we've done in training is everything we've put into the game. And uh, it's one thing doing it in training, but another thing then going out there and performing. And the, the way we performed first half is this is exactly what we've trained for these these last few weeks. And uh, yeah, we put everything into it and just thankfully, I know it was only a 1-0 win, but thankfully it was that win. It, it should have been more, but at the end of the day, we got there in the end and, and we got over the line and that's all that matters. Yeah, just talk to us about the approach because from the outside, it seemed quite a risky strategy, not actually entertaining any friendlies. So I, I believe Celtic were touted as a, a possible friendly for you. Was yeah. that more about protecting 
players from injury then than uh, than than uh, you know how did you how did you go about it how did you go about yeah, yeah, so, exploding into the game like you did really yeah so it was i think it was more to do with injuries obviously we haven't got a massive squad um so we didn't we didn't want to get any injuries at all so we we could have had some some friendlies but decided not to but i think just the way we trained the stuff we've done in training the intensity that we had trained at the running side of things that we've done uh, we we were so confident that we'd be we'd be fit enough and be ready for the game uh, there was no doubt in in any of the players minds to be fair especially when it comes to like two two weeks leading up to it one week leading up to it like the stuff we were doing in training was just so sharp so everyone was so on it like getting pushed every single day every single match that we've done in training um just nobody letting up and and it proved when we got out, out there on the pitch and, and we felt good so and it showed that we, that we felt good the, the first half we absolutely dominated the game and and of course teams are going to have their spells in games and and Fair play to Bournemouth, they did have their spell, but luckily we kept the back door shut and uh, and pushed on again in the second half and regained our composure and, uh, and managed to get our goal. It was interesting, actually, you say about keeping the back door shut. There was a, there was a chance for Bournemouth where it was hair and scare. I think Matt Reed headed it back across goal and you were on the line and kind of, I don't think you got enough on your clearance, did you? And Marsh coming in, it just bundled wide in the end. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I, I see Matt, Matt Reed going up for the header and I thought, is he gonna he- is he gonna head that towards goal? So I just come back into a covering position. So I had one side of the goal for for Belly, and uh, it sort of come to me at an awkward height. So I, I couldn't really get up and and clear it with my foot. So it's sort of more just pushing it away from me a little bit to try and then clear it. But I've, I've pushed it away and straight into the into the path of uh, of their player. And I, luckily, I've managed to get there again and get in front of him and get the block. And it's gone out for a corner. Um, but yes, that was that was close enough for us. But yeah, luckily we managed to to see that one through. And uh, I think after that they had a couple of maybe one or two more chances throughout the game. But other than that, we sort of kept it kept it well at the back and uh, and shored things up. I think. I must Thank say you. that. Sorry, I was just, I was just going to say, Rob. I must I must say, Connor, that 35 minutes was a an absolute absolute onslaught. And I interviewed Simon Weaver, as people have just heard, and I basically said to me, it almost felt like. Three and a half months of frustration was just taken out in that opening period of the game. Yeah, so yeah, we've we've missed it. You know what I mean? We we play football every day, and we don't want we don't want to just train every day. You know what I mean? We want to we want to get to the weekend and uh, and and play a game, put everything into what we've done in the week into a game at the weekend, and we've missed that. We haven't been able to do that. Uh, we've had the time off at the weekend, so it was our first opportunity to actually go out and play eleven v eleven, and and that's what we love to do. And I think just the way we set up, the way we knew how to play, how we wanted to play, and credit to all of the lads, everyone was just so on it in that first half. Uh, it was just a shame we couldn't be ahead at half-time. Um, but to to play the way we played in the first half shows that we've, we've definitely got it on our locker to play teams off the park and be the fittest team in, in the league. Connor, you had a, a decent, solid game yourself. One thing I noticed, uh, I wasn't at either of the games today. I stayed at home deliberately because they were quite close together kickoff-wise and I've watched both of them. Yeah. Um, and I noticed very, very different at the end of the games. Understandable euphoria um, amongst everybody in the in, in the Harrogate uh, set-up, really. Uh, a, a tremendous uh, achievement to take Harrogate Town to Wembley and to be 90 minutes away from the Football League. So totally understandable. 
But I noticed, and you may see if you watch the highlights later uh, or you caught the game, very, very low key when Notts County uh, crossed the finishing line themselves. Is that to do with their individual approaches, do you think? Or is it the fact that Notts County are a very big club and there's a lot of expectation and it was probably almost more, almost more relief for them? Uh, yeah, to be fair, that's a good point. It, it, it probably was relief for them. Like Everyone knows what a big club they are and... Um, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be in the national league. With no disrespect to the national league either. Um, but I think, yeah, they they went into that game as favourites. I think, and they got the job done, won their game. Uh, so at the end of the day, nothing's won yet, though, is it? So they've obviously looked to to next week, and I'm I'm sure there'll be celebrations of that next week, whichever team wins. But um, at the end of the day, it's just another game at the moment. You don't want to get too carried away with everything because yeah, we've done hard work to get to the final, but. Like you say, both teams that haven't got over the line yet, and, and one team's going to be the loser. So you don't want to be giving it giving it too much this weekend when you know that next weekend is the most important weekend of all of it, and that that nullifies your the whole season that you've that you've had. I was going to say we know from talking to your your manager Simon Weaver that um, you've had the documentary makers in at Harrogate as well, haven't you? Following following him and 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 the team through this lockdown, and you know the result today takes you that much closer to to it having a perfect ending to it. How, what's it been like having them around? Yeah, it's been it's been good fun to be fair. Uh, there's been there's been some video, oh, a lot of videos been sent into to BT Sport for the documentary. So well, that um, but yeah, it's been good. It's, it's felt real during during the uh, training sessions before the game uh, in the week building up to it. Just with all coronavirus as well, like they've, they've been in and amongst it. Um, it's just made it feel like we're we're back in training but training for something obviously we were training for the playoffs anyway but during them weeks of training you got the the tv cameras there so everyone wants to be on it everyone wants to do well in front of the tv so it's it's been it's been good to have around the ground and uh it's it's just felt a lot more professional with having them there and like you say yeah you you always want to have a happy ending especially with a documentary uh like that so hopefully yeah we can go that one one more step next week to um to have that happy ending and hopefully it'd then be a great uh, great documentary to come out um but none of the work's done yet some of it's done and we've got another week of i'm, I'm sure they'll be in this week and there'll be uh, videos and that flying around but then in the build-up to the uh, to the final the videos of, of us being at Wembley and stuff and yeah just hopefully at the end of it we can uh, have a good celebration with them with them videoing it and it, it comes out with us winning the playoffs that'd be yeah that'd be the perfect ending I must admit Connor at the end I was amused because you came out the dressing room and I heard you phone someone on loudspeaker and squeal and I did think it was Rob actually that you'd phoned <laughs> <laughs> I heard a squeal and I said there we go it's Rob <laughs> <laughs> but I presume no, that, that was, was that was family that was, was uh, it yeah that was the missus and the little one yeah Come straight out of the dressing room. I actually missed all the photos actually of uh, of um, what they took in the dressing room for we're going to Wembley or whatever they they put up. I missed that just because I was on the phone to yeah. But I was good too. Well, well done, Connor, and uh, we'll hopefully one of us will be there at Wembley next week. And uh, wishing you the best of luck. Yeah, lovely stuff. Thank you guys. Cheers for the phone call. And that was Connor Hall and. Um, it was a pretty impressive performance in Harrogate, wasn't it? Especially in that first half, Rob. Yeah, and, and, and perhaps more impressive was that they stayed calm, having put in a really good 35 minutes and not had anything 
any reward for their efforts. And, uh, you know, it would have been a bit ominous at that stage because last week, Boreham Woods started poorly against Halifax. They went in 1-0 down and they turned it around. Well, this time, they didn't play very well at all either. They were under the cosh. Uh, but it was nil-nil. And you can imagine that that within that Boreham Wood dressing room, having had a good 10 minutes before half-time, they would have still been quite confident at that stage. But just as Boreham Wood got back into the game, Harrogate got the uh, crucial goal. And it was a proper poacher's finish, wasn't it, from Jack Muldoon? Lethal for, with his head from a yard. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said when I thought he was off his chest because from where, from where I was sat, it was right in the far right-hand corner. So it was right up the other end. And you saw him move towards it. So he wasn't sure if it was his chest or his head. But I've seen it again and it's definitely off his head, isn't it? And he just got a nice flick on it. Good poacher's goal. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was headed in. Strong jump and header from Smith. Um, he definitely deserves uh, the credit for an assist for that goal. And it was it was kind of towards the goal. Maybe just going to pass the, the, the post. And just a little flick from the head of Muldoon diverted in. The only occasion on the afternoon where uh, Nathan Ashmore was beaten. I think it proved to be the right decision from Luke Garrard to put mm. him back in. He was outstanding on the day. Boring was one of the match, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, three or four very, very good saves in the first half as Harrogate were on top. Another good one in the second half. Uh, but it wasn't to be for him. It wasn't to be for the big fella up top either. Matt Reed, who was the hero last week against Halifax. But he was well shackled by our man uh, Connor Hall today. And uh, Boreham Wood, well, they'll have to go again. Luke Garrard, it was a really, really honest, wasn't it? Um, I mean, normally in that situation, you can kind of just go, well, we've given it a good goal. We've got to semi-finals. I'm really pleased. But he didn't dress it up. He just said, no, we weren't good enough on the day. Harrogate thoroughly deserved it. And I know I heard him chatting with Harrogate coaching staff after and he wished them all the best. And he, he said he'd try and get down to Wembley as well if he could and, and have a drink with them after. Yeah, he's a very emotionally intelligent guy, is Luke Garrard. And I've seen it on a couple of occasions now. Um, he's not one of those to come out whinging and moaning about referees or decisions or bad luck. Um, when his team's beaten and beaten fairly squ- uh, fair and squarely, he'll come out and say so. Uh, saying that, he's only had to come out and say that twice in the last six months. Yeah, and missed opportunity. I mean, do you think, do you think Harrogate surprised him a bit on the day? Do you think, because I know... They hung in there, Bournemouth. They were looking to play on the break. They were a bit more attacking after. And the big chance obviously came to um, Justin Shabu at the end when he volleyed across goal. Probably should have scored that. But it took him a while to get to grips with Harrogate, didn't it? Oh, it did. It did, without a shadow of a doubt. As you mentioned in your chat with Luke Garrard there, um, we saw him gesticulating on the TV there to go to a four. It was a great shot, actually, because... The BT Sport camera was behind Simon Weaver. So what you could see in the background was Luke Garrard holding up four fingers. And in between him and the camera was Simon Weaver looking over going, oh, they're changing to four, they're changing to four. (laughs) So there was no secret about it. I think it was a big compliment to Harrogate that they made that change and matched them up. And it was the right decision. They, they, They got, it was a lot more even after that, but... They never really got going as an attacking force today, Boreham A couple of chances within a, a two or three minute spell. Um, not too many altogether. Uh, and as you say, Harrogate Town, a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, and now they stand uh, 90 minutes away from a possible place in the Football League. But they'll have some uh, tough opposition to face, won't they? 
as I'm sure yeah. we're going to move on to the other match now. Just a quickie on Harrogate. I know in his uh, post-match interview on the TV afterwards, he said he'd been told that Harrogate would be the smallest team ever to get to the uh, Football League if they do get there. I'm not sure what the measurements are on that. Of course, I would have thought that might well have applied to Boreham Wood as well, had they made it. I saw Josh Richardson, if Harrogate Town win today, I'll let my grandma out of a cage and, well, basically, grandma in a cage. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, grandma's good good to come out and uh, I'm sure she'll be watching the final as well where will face Knox County and Another interesting tweet I saw today was um final at Wembley, Notts County are 16 games shy of 5,000 football league games and they'll play a team who played zero football league games. And, and Notts County against Barnet, Notts County ran out two no winners in the end. And I have to say, I didn't see any of it, so I'll hand over to you now, Rob. Yeah, I don't think there's any arguments about the results in the two National League uh, Premier Division semi-finals today. Notts County were well worthy of their win. Barnett changed it up a little bit. Mauro Villette, who, uh, who was on our podcast last week, he started, as did uh, Chutonda. And, uh, you know, they had a fresh game plan, Barnett, but they never really got to grips with Notts County, who, like Harrogate, came out the blocks. They found a way to explode into the game uh, and look sharp. And uh, the biggest decision from uh, Neil Ardley for Notts County was to leave out Enzo Baldwin. Uh, and he played O'Brien on the uh, left-hand side of midfield. And he came up with the goods. A smart bit of uh, fake to go one way, turn in the other. Made room for a cross. Uh, and there was that man, uh, Kristen Dennis, to, to head home to continue his fine form even though there's been a four-month break. The other guy, of course, who was on fire, four goals in his last four games for Notts County, is the man we talk about. I think we speak about almost every other week on the podcast, and that's Callum Roberts. What a goal. A, a, a brilliant piece of individual brilliance. And uh, I was watching with my son at the time, and, he's, and I said, that goal is out of quality, uh, of a quality you just don't normally see in the National League. And my son said, yeah, it was messy like And that's the biggest compliment you can probably pay that goal. Well, I mean, tell a lie. I said I didn't say any of it. I saw that goal and Dicky. It was a, a typical Callum Roberts goal. We, we've seen it so many times this season at Blythe before he'd even joined Notts County. Yeah, we have. I mean, he, he's, he looks a football league player in waiting. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a football league player in all but name. And, and clearly by, uh, you know, next Sunday evening, Notts County will be, will be hoping that's what he is. But yeah, I mean, he's displayed that all season long, regardless of where he's been playing. He just, um, defenders are just scared to commit against him because he's, 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 he's tricky, but he's also happy to, you know, be quite direct and, and come in. He's a, I saw him playing as a left footer playing on the right wing and he, and he cut inside and scored a hat-trick against my team Telford that day and just was absolutely outstanding. And I've seen him do the same for Blythe in subsequent games against Kettering, you know, and, and he's taken the, the jump up a level to say he's taken it in his stride, you know, once again, he's looking like a player who's too good for the level that he's at. Yeah, and I think the good thing about him is he can play either wing and in a number 10 role. I've seen him play all three and he looks comfortable in all of them, doesn't he? He does. And uh, I think he mentioned in his post-match interview on the TV as well, he needed to come up with that goal because he, he missed a sitter to put Notts County... Uh, uh, well, it wasn't so much a sitter, but it was... A, it was a poor shot that he should never have missed the target from when it was 1-0. Uh, that would have possibly put the game to bed a little bit earlier. What it does, chaps, it leaves the, was the final that I wanted to see. 
uh, it was the wonderful story that is Harrogate Town and, and Notts County looking to become only the third club in the last, what, 15 years or so to bounce straight back up to the Football League. And of course, they were the Football League's oldest club at that as well. So it will have hurt to have been relegated. Neil Ardley's done a tremendous job rebuilding, putting together a squad and he had to do it from a standing start. Um, and, uh, you know, ordinarily, of course, Notts County making the final would have ensured a, a pretty decent crowd for the uh, playoff final. Uh, sadly, it will be behind closed doors. But uh, we as a podcast team are very much hoping, as we've been the last three years, to be there for the final at Wembley next week. I'm guessing, Rob, you'll have to say that they're going to have to do it the hard way, aren't they? Oh, dear. I wouldn't say that. That would be Dickie. Dickie's the king of the puns. Um, we'd already got a few flying around in the National League South as the final results were coming in, but we'll come back to them. If you were to stick your neck on the block now then, I mean, we know how rubbish we all are at predictions, but there's only two ways it can go. Who would you go for? Well, I'll be brave because I predicted those two teams to go through today and, and they did. Um, in the National League South, I, I got a 50% strike rate, but um, I can say we'll come to that in a minute. For me, um, I think Notts County have got more potential match winners. I talk about the likes of Dennis uh, Wooten, who didn't, didn't, you know, didn't particularly catch the headlines today, but he can do on another day. Um, Callum Roberts, as we said, and obviously Enzo Baldwin, whether he starts or comes off of the bench. Um, I think they've got the better, perhaps, match winners. Uh, but I think Harrogate possibly have got a little bit of greater consistency. I expect it to be very, very tight. And it is so, so difficult to call. What a sneaky feeling that Notts County might do it. But I think it would be a wonderful story if Harrogate Town do. What about you, Dickie? The same as you, Robin. I'm not quite sure that I could I could call it in, in terms of, you know, expressing any preference. Well, like we said, there's great storylines on both sides. You know, the, the, the idea of, of Notts County being returned to... Um, the, uh, you know, the place that they, they, they rightfully feel they belong, the EFL. But is that any less romantic than the idea of, of Harrogate actually getting there for the first time, you know, and, and with, with father and son, you know, with Simon and Irving Weaver at the club and, and all that they've done for them as well. It's just so hard to call. I mean, I wonder if expectation might play a little part of it, you know, whether, you know, Notts County... They're in a final now and whether those players will be feeling any sort of like pressure of expectation of the, the, the fans feeling that they need to be back where they do, that they feel they should be. Whether there's slight, slightly less expectation from Harrogate because it's, you know, a, a bit more of a romantic journey from them, I don't know. But um, I think with you, like you, I might make Notts County just slightly marginal favourites. What about you, Luke? You watched Harrogate today in the flesh? Yeah, I mean, I heard Simon Weaver, obviously, I heard Simon Weaver do his BBC interview after hours, and the words he gave out was, we don't want to win today and then have a jolly up at Wembley next week. So they're going down there to win. But like you say, Notts County have got maybe just those experienced players who've been at Wembley before. Um, yeah, marginally, Notts County, but equally, you couldn't begrudge Harrogate and say, if they won it either, you wouldn't say, that, you know, it's a complete shock if Harrogate went and won. No, and, and you, you could build a strong case for Harrogate being very hard to beat um, for keeping a clean sheet with the likes of Connor Hall there and Belshaw, who we haven't talked about perhaps as much as Ashmore today. Yeah. He was very, very, very solid, very reliable. Many people have him down as the best goalkeeper uh, in the National League. It's, it's arguable, of course. It's, it's subjective. 
uh, and in the likes of uh, John Stead, Aaron Martin, who perhaps will be better for the run out today, and uh, Jack Muldoon, of course. Um, Harrogate could argue that they've got match winners in their team too. Yeah, I think the other thing as well, Vicky, about Harrogate is this team come up together, haven't they? A lot of that squad played in the National League North, didn't they? Yeah, they have. You know, they, 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 it's been a, they, they've evolved, you know, through, through the divisions. You know, they didn't get into the National League uh, and feel that they had to make wholesale changes to what they'd got because Simon Weaver had sort of like set the foundations correctly for you know the, the, the for the league below and they got out of the National League North playing football which isn't always the easiest of things to do I think some people will feel that sometimes to get out of that league you need to um, you know just be perhaps a bit more direct um, but they got out of that league playing football and they've they've stuck to that principle and and yeah they've just built on it and they've 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 evolved into the team they are but but very rapidly you know it's only it's only their second season, and they're looking at uh, potentially being a football league team in, in eight days' time. Yeah, so let's look now at the, uh, the National League North playoffs. Hi, I'm John Murray, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And uh, in the National League North, well, we spoke last week, didn't we, Vicky, about York and Aldrigham, and I said if uh, Aldrigham kind of got the Indian sign over York playing at Bootham Crescent, and, and so it proved in the end. Yeah, it did. Um, I suppose the only variation to that is that for a fourth time in a row, it didn't finish one goal to nil. Altrincham went went one better today um, with two nil. But you know the, the the guy I mentioned last week, Tom Piers, who'd scored the winner on both of their previous visits to Bootham Crescent this season, he was on the score sheet again with a second goal to make it safe. And yeah, and I thought I, I watched all of this game on on, on the live stream, and I thought. Altrincham thoroughly deserved their victory. I, I think York, they looked um, a bit slow out of the blocks, to be perfectly honest. And, and uh, Altrincham got the boost of a, a, an eighth-minute goal from Josh Hancock, put them into the lead. Um, fairly even, Stephen, for the for the rest of the the first half. Then, but um, yeah, in the second half, Altrincham just uh, they were just far better in possession. They just looked far more likely to do something with it than York did. York's main avenue. Um, look to be the, the the two wing backs in in Callum Griffiths and David Ferguson, but but their delivery frequently, you know, wasn't finding anybody. And um, yeah, Altrincham just took advantage of that. And Altrincham ruined the they ruined the pattern, Dickie, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean that you know that I think they said if, what four four one nil wins in a row it would have been, but um, yeah. I'm sure they'll they they won't be unhappy with that second goal. And um, yeah, I thought Altrincham were, were were great. They just they just picked up from where they they left off last week um, in that game against Chester. And if anything, were probably better because you know they kept the back door shut this time. There was a, a, a clean sheet for for Tony Thompson, which they didn't have last week. And um, you know we'll come on to the, the the second semi-final and who they'll be facing in the final next week. But I would think they'll be going into it feeling you know pretty buoyant. And just looking at York, Dickie, I mean we've seen interviews with Steve Watson and. I heard the BBC one and also seen the one on York Twitter and it basically said the same thing and it was the same old story. There was balls flashing across goals. People weren't brave enough to score the goals and that has been a slight issue for him with the firepower but it has been quite surprising really that they haven't scored more goals and ultimately that probably is what cost them the league and has now cost them a, a promotion place. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, for the, the, they haven't been, you know, the, the heaviest of scoring teams considering you know that their, their position in the league. You know they didn't they didn't often 
put teams away by by really big margins. And yeah, today they 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 just uh, it didn't look as if anything was going to fall their way, particularly, and it didn't. And that Jordan Hume wasn't on the score sheet again today, but he is such a menace up front. He just you know pulls defenders away from where they should be and leaves you know space for the likes of, of Josh Hancock and you know Elliot Durrell we mentioned him last week that he was a York player earlier in the season and and I know Rob you said about him being you know what, what's he doing playing at this level and the fact he's such a difference maker well he didn't influence the game quite so much today but it's really uh, altering and we've got so many options I think it's difficult for teams to sort of like wonder how they're going to get at you and 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 I know Luke you and I have spoken before about the fact that we do think altering them actually defensively if you can get at them are a bit vulnerable but nobody seems to be brave enough to try it because they're they're just aware of how just how quickly they can hit you and how quickly they can cut through you yeah and I know watching that game was a friend of the podcast Brian Flynn and he had some some bloke called Guy Mowbray on commentary with him as well who's a big York fan by the way he didn't just rock up and get Guy Mowbray did he no, they didn't. And I mean, that was that was quite nice listening to the live stream today to hear such a, you know, a familiar voice. I mean, and that's no no insult to any of the people who I've heard list, doing the commentaries on the rest of the live streams, because I think overall, you know, that the coverage on those has been been excellent. But um, yeah, it must have been difficult for Guy Mowbray today, because I think he said he first watched his first game at Booth and Crescent in 1979. You know, so he's been a fan for a long time. And I think only once or twice did he, you know, did he sort of, let that bit of disappointment sort of like creep in, you know, the fact that, you know, that York were going to be remaining in the sixth tier, but he was honest enough to say that, you know, football wise, that is where they deserve to be. They've not, they've not, they've not done well enough to, to be any higher at this point in time. And that is the last game at Bootham Crescent as well. It's a, it's a sad farewell. It, it wasn't the farewell that they would have hoped for, you know, no fans in the ground, not even leaving it with the, with the, the, the Philip of thinking that they're going to be in a higher division. Yeah, so Altrincham travel too, Dicky. They'll be going to Boston. What a cracking semi-final that was! Uh, plenty of goals, loads of penalties. Just, just. Well, both. I know both of you ended up watching that. You're both enthralled by it, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we did. It was, it was on, an amazing Rob. game. But I'll, I'll let Dicky take it because I was I was watching a little bit of Notts County and Barnet, quite a lot of uh, Weymouth and Dorking. And just flicking over, really, to see the goals just after they'd gone in. And my goodness, there was plenty of them. 5-3 to Boston in the end. But it uh, uh, could have been even more, couldn't it, Dickie? Crazy match. Yeah, it could. I mean, there was, you know, incident sort of glory in this game. And I think we had some we had some refereeing decisions that were, uh, that were questioned in the same way that we had in the, um, you know, the Chester-Alteringham game this, last weekend. I'm not sure that they were necessarily quite as pivotal. but. Um, yeah, I mean, Gates had uh, an early lead uh, ahead of from a friend of the podcast, JJ O'Donnell, getting on to the end of a free kick, and things looking good for Gateshead at that point. But um, yeah, um, a man who's ironically on loan from York City, and, and, and York looked as if they could have used a player who, who, who did what he did today, and because and, he, he ruffled a few feathers in the Gateshead defence, was Jake Wright. Um, he was involved in the penalty decision with... Uh, Gateshead player manager Mike Williamson that, that gave Jordan Tulis the chance to equalise from the penalty spot. Then another penalty awarded, another for one, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, fixed cameras, even anybody in the ground knew what it was given for, but it was given. Tulis took another one away. It was a intriguing game from there on. I think Gateshead then levelled it at two each. Uh, that Boston then went three to up. 
probably the best goal of the game, actually, from Jay Rollins. A, a lovely finish into the bottom corner. I think it, it um, uh, took the goalkeeper from Gateshead uh, somewhat by surprise. And then they crucially, they got a two-goal lead. Then um, Wright getting the fourth goal. I'm not entirely sure whether he meant to do it, but I'm sure being a forward, he will say, yeah, yeah I'm sure being a forward, he will say he, he, that was what he was intended. But yeah, I don't think so. Um, and then, you know, from that point onwards, Boston were in the driving seat and added a fifth. Gates had got one back. And, you know, Gates said to their credit, they, they tried. But uh, I think once Boston got two goals ahead, that, that was too much of a, a hurdle to overcome. I guess, Dickie, as we went into today's games in the National League North with York at home and Boston at home, both potentially playing their last matches at those grounds, um, we kind of knew that the final would be at one of them. And, 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 and so one of those two uh, historical grounds would grace the National League North final um, as its last game. And that honour goes to, to Boston. And uh, we hope, of course, again, that, uh, that, that we can be present at York Street next week for that uh, historical occasion. Quick finale then for the National League North. We must look ahead to that final. Help me out a bit, Dickie. You watch these teams a lot more than me. Boston against Altrincham. How's it going to go? My instinct is um, is with Altrincham, I have to say. I think even before these two playoff games, on the evidence of, of, of the matches that they played against my own side during the season, I felt, I felt Altrincham were the best footballing side that I saw in the National League North. And then they went and added Elliot Durrell and just gave themselves even more options. Um, I think they are there to be got at if Boston are brave enough to do that. And, and, you know, with the prize that's on offer, um, you'd, you'd hope that they would do that. But, uh, but uh, my, my instinct is, is altering them. I just think they've got that, just that little bit more. And I think if, in terms of in the division above as well, if we're talking about which team would fare best in the division above, I don't think it would take too much of an adjustment for altering them to, to, to cope at the level above. Boston, I'm not quite so sure on. They are a little bit more direct, but they've got some, you know, they've got some skillful players. I mean, Jordan Thewlis is um, is is a great talent, I think. But um, yeah, my instinct would be with Altrincham. Luke, yeah, I mean, I said I said at the start of the playoffs, they were, I think people seen them as dark horses, but not really for me because of the way they play football. And um, yeah, they've obviously they've had to do it the hard way. They play a really good Chester side at home, beating them. And we've got to go to York, who everyone expected to maybe do well. And now they've got to go to Boston, but nothing will phase them. It's not like they're going on an end season pitch to Boston. The pictures have recovered now. So, I mean, you'll have seen the picture today. It'll look, it look immaculate and that'll suit them, won't it? Yeah, it will. You know, they do like to get the ball down on the floor. They like to try and, you know, pass their way through teams, um, which they do, you know, with with some success but at the same time you know they can they can mix it up a little bit as well you know Jordan Hume's a, a pretty combative centre forward so if you you know if you they want to try and go through him a bit more but you know Josh Hancock uh, is a terrific foil for him um, yeah I think the, the two wing but you know the, the fullbacks they've got in in Andy White and Connor Hampson join in well Jake Malt sits in that you know, defensive midfield role and, and protects the back four. And um, yeah, they're just, it's hard to see weakness in their team at this level, to be perfectly honest. Well, 
interesting expert opinion from you two guys there. Of course, I don't have so much depth to, uh, to, to analyse it from. A couple of things I've picked up from afar. You talked about if a team's brave enough to take it to Altrincham. I think Boston will be. I think, uh, as they've shown today, they've got goals in them. And the other thing I've noticed is uh, Craig Elliott's uh, ability to get his side to perform in the big one-off matches. Look at their uh, FA Cup exploits, for example. And uh, if they can take on the might of some of the teams they've faced in those cup runs, um, I'm sure they can be prepared enough to take on a side like Altrincham. And uh, it, it could be very, very close. Will it be think- about which, which strikers are on form or which defences can potentially keep a clean sheet? Yeah, I think I think you'll enjoy Robbie. It's, it's um, a different. It'll be different styles, and like you say, both Altrincham and Boston uh, had good cut runs this year. But Altrincham, of course, they lost to Portsmouth in I think like the fifth minute of injury time, and say they like to zip the ball about, but they can clear the lines when they need to. Boston really strong on set pieces, aren't they, Dicky? So that could be the key for Boston: how well they, they, they use the attacking set pieces, and, and if they can keep Altrincham at bay with that passing football. Yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, you know, they, they have got some, they've got some talk, they've got some height in that team, um, particularly in in their defence. But you know, they're not all about that. And they've got some, they've got some good um, options on their substitutes bench today. And I know they brought Dominic Knowles on really late in the game. He didn't get a start today, but you know, seeing how well played Jake, uh, how well Jake Wright played, you can hardly be surprised at that. Frank Mulhern is uh, was was amongst the Boston substitutes as well today he's he's on alone from Stockport County and um, I got intrigued actually by the presence of Matt Challoner in the Boston side Matt Challoner um, was a Chorley player joined Boston on loan didn't actually play for them in any games before the season was suspended because of, uh, of the COVID-19 issues he actually made his debut for them today he could play second game for them in the final next week but he's actually already signed to play for Southport next season. So his his Boston career could basically be a semi-final and a final and then out again, which is, you know, quite some way to be remembered by the fans. You know, if, if that's your only contribution, is two games that help to get them into the league above. We're all in vision and, and Rob's face when you said that then, Dickie. I mean, it is bizarre, isn't it? it, it one, you think, why is Southport allowing it? And two, if Boston do go, if you match challenge, you think, you know, like... Have I made a mistake here? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point, Luke. Uh, Have you ever heard of that, Rob? Have you ever heard no, of anything like that? No, I'm absolutely gobsmacked when you said it. Um, staggered. But uh, but there you go. I guess everybody knows where they stand, don't they? It was no less dramatic in the National League South, was it, Rob? I mean, two fantastic games. And it's funny, I've heard, um, I've heard people say about uh, haven't and nobody really tip them to win the playoffs and, and so it proved uh, would we call it an upset dart for going there winning? I can't really say that because I did predict it didn't I? Um, I, I? I felt that under Steve King they'd work their magic and find a way. You wouldn't have thought so as half-time approached haven't and Waterlooville 1-0 up and decent value for that lead and then the most inexplicable uh, decision uh, of uh, in the moment of petulance from Josh Taylor been tackled, ends up on the floor, just wafts a leg towards a player, not even particularly violently, but just in a petulant way, a la sort of Beckham uh, for England against Argentina all those years ago. And uh, he can have no complaints at getting a red card for it. That kind of changed things, really. It meant that uh, from 1-0 up and being comfortable, they had to come out for the second half with 10 men. 
And you can bet your bottom dollar Steve King had his troops going out there believing they could turn it round, and they did turn it round in the second half. They uh, they got a couple of goals uh, within nine minutes. Darren McQueen got both of them, um, and uh, he looked very, very sharp. And, uh, yeah, so Dartford have done it now uh, twice away from home. They're going to have to do it away from home again in the final. But uh, well done, Steve King. Congratulations on making another National League South playoff final. And let's hope uh, from his point of view and his perspective that uh, he can break the duck this time. You wouldn't against him, would you, Rob, in the final? We'll get onto the plane in a minute. But uh, the way as his team's drilled, it's just it's amazing, isn't it? It is. And he's got, again, a week to prepare for it. A week for those players to recover and a week to get his game to, game plan together. And before the Weymouth Dorking clash, I caught up earlier in the week with Dorking manager Mark White. So, joining me to chat through the upcoming semi-final against Weymouth is Dorking manager Mark White. Hi, Mark. Hey, Luke. How are we doing, mate? I'm really good. Uh, you must be... Well, you've had a few days to reflect now from Sunday's game against Bath. It was uh, a real good first half for you, then second half was a bit more even. But in the end, you eventually prevailed, didn't you? Yeah, no, it was a sound victory, really. We um two goals to the good and, you know, as tends to be the, the case with a 2-0 scoreline, you know, um, the opposition have always got a sniff. They've got a penalty. Uh, I wouldn't say against a run of play, but they weren't really threatening. Um, and um, it left a bit of a typical cup finale, you know, so balls dropped in the box. And, you know, we was comfortable, really, um, in, across the 90 minutes. So, delighted. Yeah, you were sent to the stand. I mean, does that kick in for Saturday? Or? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I've got two yellow cards. Um, both of them pretty harsh, to be fair. But um, <coughs> the referee had a nightmare. He was really unfit. It just bothered me, you know, like, just that's the bottom line. So he was, um, I said on one of the other interviews, I said that um, if he was like a car, the bonnet would have been up, you know, and someone would have been calling the yay yay. The National League, to their credit, I think they'd, they'd already had the foresight. They were concerned that the officials would be unfitter than anybody, having not um, officiated in four months. And they tried to get championship um, and League One, uh, League One and Two type officials. Um, they tried in vain, so uh, they ended up having to get their own. So, uh, yeah, I took a few yellow cards for advising him about his fitness. and um, But there's no... There's no ban at the moment, so we're good to go. Yeah, and it's down to Weymouth on, on Saturday, Mark Mosley's side. You, well, I was, I was saying that we said in the podcast last week, actually, it, it, it's great that two promoted sides have come up uh, and, and are in the semi finals of the playoffs, yourself and, and Weymouth. Yeah, they had a great season, Weymouth. Uh, really strong home form, as you'd, as you'd expect, really. Um, I think these teams, are, uh, these teams are, tend to be a long journey for most teams in the league, well supported. Uh, it's a great home form, great link with Bournemouth, and that link, uh, Mark Mosey, great manager, he worked for Bournemouth as well. So I think um, rare that two promoted teams would be in the playoffs, that's for sure, and playing each other. So very unique, I think, this year. I mean, obviously, you were saying your first season in the league, you could. Uh, not a lot of, I mean, I know, I know certainly on the podcast, not a lot of people tip you to be in and around there. I, I did just because you see some clubs that come up and you think they'll struggle but I looked at yourselves and just thought there's a good lot of momentum there really and you're taking that on haven't you? 
Yeah, we've got um, a lot of experience of running a club, really. So we have a, we have a model uh, that works for us in terms of we keep a lot of continuity. A lot of players have been here. There's always a lot of players have been here two or three seasons. There's always a few that have been here four, five, six. And there's always one, two, three, four new ones. And we try and keep that model if you like year on year rather than showing players and it worked for us so um, we've had really really pleasing first season tell, tell us about Darkin and what, what is the future for it are they a football league could been waiting or well I mean outsiders looking in probably think we're a, a club that would uh, we're going to go all the way there's a lot of work to do but we've got a lot of great people behind the club um and we've proved this year we can compete and contend. I think we've got to grow as big commercially um, off the field as we do on the field if we're to continue to succeed. But, you know, we're doing the right thing. But in all honesty, we just tend to take it one season at a time. That's what, that's the beauty of it. I think it's it's more sort of sporting chance than it is a strategical commercial venture. You know, we just try to win. And if we win, like if we were to, you know, get promoted this season, let's say, We'd have a massive panic and not know what to do next. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, but that's how it's always been. So it's more taking sporting chance and it's more enjoyable that way than trying to have three, five year plans that fail and all that stuff, you know? I'm guessing, though, if you did get promoted, you wouldn't turn it down, no? <laughs> no, no way. No, we, to be fair, we got a taste of it. You know, we, we, we sort of outplayed Stockport a couple of times and. We beat Woking on their patch out, played them, and sure, it's a different cat of fish when it's day in, day out than it is, you know, as a one off. Well, well, Mark, best of luck, and um, I'm sure we'll speak to you. I'll have somebody there, hopefully, for the final if you do reach it. Yeah, mate. Cheers, Luke. Weymouth, who eventually prevailed uh, in a cracking, cracking match against Dorking. Um, and for long, long periods in that game, it looked like Weymouth were going to stroll it. 2-0 up in the first 11 minutes. The goal's coming from Josh McCoy from the uh, penalty spot. Jaden Anthony with a really nice uh, breakaway and finish. Uh, you know, really finished with some aplomb there. 2-0 um, at half-time. Didn't look like Dawkins were going to get back into it. Um, I was kind of flicking between the games, but... Uh, I took more notice of the game again from the 73rd minute onwards when James McShane brought Dorkin back into it. You wondered if that might be a consolation, but no. Five minutes from time, Elliot Buchanan um, got Dorkin level and all of a sudden the comeback is on. And boys, you know what it's like when you've led 2-0 in a game for the vast majority of it and you're suddenly going into the last few minutes at 2 all. the nerves can creep in. You can think, oh my good, we had this in the bag, but we're heading towards penalties. Um, but no, we didn't get to see penalties in any of the semi-finals because in the 90th minute, I think it was about the 92nd or 93rd of 90, 98, um, Weymouth won it. A proper roller coaster uh, finish to the game. Uh, quite bizarre, really, as um, a Dartford player, Dan Gallagher, I think it was, tried to clear a ball coming into the box, took off quite acrobatically, caught it and smashed it into Odebardi, who knew very little about it. And across the line, um, probably not the way Odubardi dreamed, dreamt that he'd score the winning goal today. But I don't think uh, he'll be too worried about that. And neither will the uh, victorious Weymouth manager, Mark Molesley. And we've got him on the line now. All right, evening, Mark. Congratulations. Never in doubt, was it, mate? 
<laughs> I don't know about that. It was uh, an emotional afternoon. I think, you know, four months without a competitive game, um, you know, the emotional highs of football all thrown back at you quite quickly. So, uh, no, it was, an, it was an entertaining game, I think, for a lot of other people. But, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I'm not sure I enjoyed it that much, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I bet you were enjoying it after 11 minutes of the game, Mark. You definitely had a cracking start and uh, as good as you could have possibly dreamt it. Yeah, I think, you know, our, our game plan worked, worked well. Um, we raced into a 2-0 lead, um, was looking was looking strong. And then and then it's almost, it's a, it's a precarious um, scoreline, 2-0. Do, do you stick, do you twist? And, and players, we worked hard and I think we blocked holes in our out-of-possession game, which was really good. I don't think we gave up too many chances on our goal. And, you know, in a semi-final, when you're 2-0 up, you haven't, you haven't got to go for the throw. You know, you can protect and, and try and, um, you know, see the job through. But um, it, was a, it was a long game after that for us. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the next goal was always going to be big. Um, it went their way. Um, we felt aggrieved. There was, you know, a, a push on one of our players, defenders, as they were clearing it. And the ball come back in our box, and um, you know it's two one, and then it's, it's it's you know tails are up of Dorking, and 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 we didn't have that much rhythm in the game to be honest, and it was hard to get yourselves going again. And then we look went down the other end and had a couple of chances ourselves. You know, had a good penalty shout, had a good a good couple of chances, didn't 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 quite get that right, and then and then all of a sudden we're staring down a barrel, and, and they've scored. It's two all, so. For our boys to rally and come back from that and really show that grit and that determination, that desire. And, um, you know, we just clicked into gear at the right time, um, found, found a nice little bit of passage of play, something we worked on, and, and, and you know, it, and, and it come off. Like Yemi Odebadi in the right place at the right time, slightly fortunate in the end with the, with the finish. I think it sort of hit him more on a strike. It hit him and went in, but at that stage of the game, you're taking anything you can. And, um, you know, we're delighted with the win. It was, it was never going to be that vintage from us um, but ultimately we got the job done yeah as you say you, you got there in the end and one of the things that crossed my mind as, as Dorking got those two goals to get back into the game um, it could have been a doubly awkward situation for you because I'm not across the stats mark but I think you've had your issues all of a sudden you know you tune it up for so long then it's two all um, and, and it, had it gone into penalties as it looked like it was likely to um, from what I've heard, you 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 haven't had the best of records for penalty spot this season. No, we've had a fair share of penalties this season. That is for sure. We, we got we, we got one early on in the game, which Josh McCoy duly dispatched. So you know we're starting to put that record right, but we have missed our, yeah we have missed quite a few this season. But and you're right, the momentum in the game really swung, and it's going to be. And and when when you two new up for such a long period, and all of a sudden you pegged back, it, it is it is hard to swing that momentum back back in your favour and. Uh, so I've got to give my lads complete credit is that they, you know, they could have folded, they could have gone under and, and they didn't. You know, Dorkin are a very good side, very experienced, well put together. And um, it was never going to be an easy affair and uh, they made it very difficult for us. But I, I'm just really pleased with the reaction and the response from the boys. Do you think you came out of the block too quickly, Mark, in the ending? Maybe uh, that cost you later on in the game or... Yeah, I don't think you can ever come out of the blocks too quick, but 2-0 up quite early on, and it, 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 it was one probably psychologically hard, hard to manage, Like especially being such a new game. Like how many times do you have four months off and then go into a semi-final, almost one of the biggest games in the club's history, let alone season, after four months off and not kicking a ball? So it is... 
it's managing the emotion of the game um, was always going to be a difficult one. And, and like I said, we raced into a, into a great lead, a great start. And I think if we would have just probably got our game, got a few more passes away, we could have st- took the sting out of the game. But well, I was happy with the first half. Everything went according to plan. But then second half in the semi-final, you know, we've got everything to lose. They've got everything to gain all of a sudden. So, uh, you know, what, the next goal was always going to be key. Always it was going to be uh, key. And unfortunately, it went their way. And then we had to rally a little bit. But, but we rallied and we come back. So that was, that was the most pleasing thing from my point of view. Due to having a Waterloo Villa, who finished second going out today to Steve King's uh, Dartford, um, it will be uh, the final, will be at the Bob Lucas, which must make you very proud as well. Um, and you'll come up against Steve King, who we all know in football, he was on our podcast last week, um, is a bit of a magician. Um, and it, 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 I bet you, you can't wait to pit your wits against him next week. Yeah, another really experienced manager. He's been there, done it, been around the game. He, like he said, he's worked magic down at Dartford. He's put a really good side together. You know, he knows that. He knows. He knows. He knows a good player when he sees one. And uh, you know, he's put a great side together there, and, and they're on a great run. They've finished the season an absolute canter, and they've carried that on into the playoffs. So look, they're 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 going to be tough opposition. I think any one of the playoff teams in the, you know, I think. Anyone could have been in this final. I really do believe that. I think all of the sides possess real good quality this season. I think it's a great advert for Conference South for all the clubs that competed in these playoffs were, you know, top clubs and, you know, top management, top players. And uh, I think they've really showcased the Conference South in a, in a good way. But um, ultimately, it's going to come down to one one game and made, made, a, made a best team win. I tell you what, though, Rob, even though, like I say, we heard from Mark, Mark White then, he knew it was going to be a tough game. And, and uh, despite them not winning in the end. I know he sort of said, oh, well, uh, he almost felt like it might have been, a se- he almost admitted it might have been a season too early for Dorking, but they'd still take it. But what, despite this result today, they've had a brilliant season, haven't they? Absolutely. If they, um, I mean, they made a, a great fist of it this season, up in the top seven for the majority of it and uh, deservedly took their place and their part in the playoffs. And, uh, um, yeah, they'll, he'll have learned so much from that. He's very, very bright, intelligent man. He's proven how quickly he learns in the past with all the other promotions that uh, that Dawkins have had. So, uh, I would think, without a shadow of a doubt, um, they'll be amongst the uh, those 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 tips to to be right up there where it counts again next season. And for the final, then, do you think home advantage may sway towards Weymouth Rob, or do you think? I don't know because Dartford have been they've had two away games and won them both now so you wouldn't bet against them would you? It's a really tough one to call anyway it's a particularly hard one for me because um, I mentioned this last week I know Mark Molesley a long time and he stands on the edge of a quite incredible uh, back-to-back or, or back-to-back promotions with, with Weymouth um, and uh, who who would bet against them but I've talked constantly about the magic of Steve King. I think he's been in so many playoffs. He's so good at the one-off game. Um, and on this occasion, he gets another week to plot and prepare for the one-off game. Really, really tough to call. I'm not going to predict a winner in this one. Um, maybe oh, you can, Luke. Where are those splinters, eh, Rob? Blimey, sat on that fence. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, all joking apart, I've, 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 had a, I've had a bash at most of the games. This one's just too tough. I've had a sneaky feeling yeah. for Dartford. 
you know, right since the start of the playoffs. And, and, and as we know, they had to do it the, the hard way with potentially three away games to get promotion, but they've won the first two. Um, they did it a different kind of way today. It wasn't the tactical master plan from the word go that it was in their uh, eliminator victory. They were behind today and, and it took a fortuitous moment, really, uh, the sending off of a Haven and Waterlooville player to open the door for them to get back in it. But if you open a door just a little bit for Steve King, he's going to smash through it every single time. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think you may be looking at penalties, uh, aren't we, Dickie, I think, for that one, maybe? <laughs> yeah, potentially so. And, um, you know, we've not seen, I think we've only had one penalty shootout in the entirety of, of the National League playoffs so far, which, you know, is pleasing. You know, we're seeing games settled um, in in normal time, although, I mean, we thought the uh, the Weymouth-Dorking game was going to penalties today uh, until that intervention right at the end. But um, it would be nice to see none of the games next week decided on penalty shootouts, you know, to to, to see the the, the victors, you know, claim the spoils in 90 minutes. I think that's what most people would prefer. You know, there's no hard luck stories or or particular stigma attached to individuals then, isn't there? You know, if if you happen to be the one that um, doesn't put your penalty kick away. But... um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know as much about uh, the the South as 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 Rob or other people on the team do, but yeah, you you, I do have a, a sneaky feeling for Dartford. Really, like you said, they've they've been, they've been away from home twice and won twice, and you know what? Just what's to say they can't do it again? Interesting as well. I mean, we spoke last week, didn't we, about the advantage other teams might have if played in the elimination. It's not quite proved. I mean. Was it was it fifty percent in the end? I think, or less. Yeah, um, I mean certainly, the the ones that stand out for me today, looking back at the games, uh, Notts County and Harrogate, um, straight in, good starts in the games, positive results, and they didn't play last week. I mean they'd approached it differently. Notts County, as we mentioned on the podcast last week, had played two teams from uh, the division lower and conceded six goals in those two games. Adam Virgo said, don't take too much notice of those results. And uh, as we discuss it now, I I guess that he has to be proved correct on that. But um, no, I heard so many different people today saying it would be a huge advantage to the teams that had already played a week earlier. Didn't prove to be, did it, Dickie? No, not hugely so at all. And I suppose the... uh, when you talk about Notts County and Harrogate, I mean, that's why they were second and third in, in the league at the end of the season, because, you know, they were able to get that, um, you know, that game face on um, more often and, and more consistently than anybody else. And, you know, even though they've had this long break from, from play, you know, as, as Connor said earlier in his interview, they were, they were confident, they trained well, they prepared well and they were just able to drop straight back into the groove and you know that's just evidence of why they are where they are okay and yeah and uh, if you want to get in touch you can do on twitter let us know your thoughts at nl full time and uh, many thanks as well to um at ian xl1 ian qpr is his name and he says great show guys thank you. just a quick appeal as we round up first of all well done if you're still listening to the podcast as we uh, as we close it off um, we're pretty confident that we'll have presence at uh, York Street, Boston next week and pretty confident that we'll be at Wembley for the National League playoff final. However, our two most southern-based correspondents, definitely between them, can't get down to uh, Weymouth against Dartford. So any of our uh, uh, 
intrepid football reporters. Anybody who listens to this podcast regularly, anybody who listens to this podcast who's going to be there anyway or can get there, give us a shout very, very early on. We'll need to get our our application in. But it would be really lovely if we could cover that Mm. uh, National League South final as well. Or if you're you're going independently uh, of the podcast and you're going along anyway, uh, give us a shout. You can come on and, and have a chat with us and we'll put the appeal out on Twitter as well. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks for that. It was um, a real pleasure. Really, really enjoyed my day at Harrogate. Great game, and it was great, fo- great following you two on WhatsApp as well, with you giving your thoughts on on the games. And it, it's great that again the streaming uh, service is such a success because we can watch all the games, then, can't we? Just about, Luke. I mean, I found it difficult. There was. I wanted to be across all the games. So you've got the North and South semi-finals taking place at exactly the same time and those overlapping with the other finals. So that would be my only, um, not complaint, but, uh, you know, we, we try and cover it all. We were interested in every single one of those games today and it was virtually impossible to watch all six. But the uh, live streaming coverage has been pretty good. Um, some very good commentary again today. I, I did have a chuckle a couple of times at the one between uh, Weymouth and Dorkin, because uh, let's just say they uh, they had some different opinions at times and they stuck to their guns. But uh, I think uh, they shook hands at the end of it and wished each other well. <laughs> yeah, and also the um, the Haven't and Dartford one, which, which was um, lighted by rainwater. When you could see the ca- I saw the cameraman a couple of times wiping the camera, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, thankfully the rain eased a little bit as the game wore on. But uh, a sterling effort from everybody involved in that. So uh, if any of you were involved uh, in those commentaries or the filming and and you want to give us a shout, do so at NL Full Time. Brilliant. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Pleasure as always. Can't wait for the finals next Great week. Great as always. Thanks. Cheers. And don't forget to join us. Don't forget to subscribe to us even on NL full-time, and they'll listen on iTunes and Spotify. Until then, we'll be back for our penultimate show next weekend after the final. So we'll see you all then. (laughs) 